Hi, I'm Wendy Dean. At Moral Matters, we're kicking off the holiday season this year by introducing you to 43CC, a brand new podcast that I co-host with Matt Ramsey. He's an orthopedic surgeon who is as fired up about change as we are here at Moral Matters, and he brings a new vocabulary to the conversation. Clinicians are frustrated. Patients are frustrated. But most of healthcare today is hyper-professionally nice, which is all well and good most of the time. But every now and then, we need a place to let loose with that frustration and have some real talk about what's going on. Q43CC. Matt and I will take a well-informed, irreverent, sometimes profane, always passionate tour of medicine in all its gore and glory as insiders who have been around long enough to see some stuff. We hope you enjoy it and give it a follow so you don't miss an episode. Here goes. Okay, so I'm a family medicine physician in uh, the Midwest, and and I started a new job, and I have enough experience to know that this new job is just bullshit. Uh, they they're not supporting me. They're not providing me with the right tools to be a good physician, and they're just checking the boxes and the help that they're providing. It's just they're not trained and they don't know. And and the answer is I I don't know who does that. I don't know who does that. And it's just such it's such bull. I am so stuck in my job that I'm stuck in this community. I have to live in this community for my family. Um, this job is the only employer in this family. They've monopolized everything in this community. And so I have nowhere to go. So I'm I'm forced into this box of a physician that is below what I consider quality. And it's not right. My patients deserve better. My, the care should be better. It should all be better, but there's nowhere for me to go. And it's just going to eat me alive. And it will turn me into a physician that generally just doesn't care. And that's not why I went into medicine. That's not why I do what I do. That's not why I, we've given our life to this. And that's just a horrible place to be. So what I loved about this woman, who we chatted briefly afterwards, because after she sent this to me, because I felt like she deserved a conversation. And what was great about what she said was, I feel stuck and I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. She is willing to go out there and start fighting, to start speaking up about what's wrong and to start helping her healthcare system get better because she wants to do better for her patients and she knows that she can do that. I'm Wendy Dean, a psychiatrist by training, but I also trained in surgery, worked for the Department of Defense for a decade, and as an executive in a half-billion-dollar nonprofit before I turned to address clinician distress full-time. Well, I'm Matt Ramsey. I am a practicing shoulder and elbow surgeon uh, in the city of Philadelphia. You know, it struck me about it, and it's powerful. I mean, you know, we've all felt that frustration, and God, I mean, how brave to share that. You know, that's so intimate and personal and uh, we've all had elements of that and uh, you know uh, th- what I was struck by was like she feels trapped in her community but in a sense we are all trapped in a larger system and while we might be in a community that's not as closed and not lacking opportunity we are all subject to the same pressures to a greater or lesser degree. And hers obviously are much more acute 
and much more raw because she really has no options, right? So you're stuck yeah. in a job that you can't, in order to do what you love to do, you have to work and you almost feel compromised. And again, you know, we, we talked in our introductory kind of little piece, our trailer about what is the most important part of healthcare and the most important part for most of us is the interaction between the patient and the physician. And what that quote, what that comment and what that kind of uh, little blurb kind of points out is that there is so much that gets in the way of that. Yeah. And she's just talking about a health system and an employer, but there are so many, and that's what I've kind of talked about this in the past as being internal and external influences. Those are the internal influences. That's where she works. And then you start to kind of pile on all the external stuff and it's just murder. Yeah, but it's actually, I mean, it's actually some of the external stuff too, because the external stuff is driving what's happening, happening internally. Sure. So they're only tracking, tracking metrics that matter for their payment. Which means they're only asking the certain questions that matter for how much they get paid. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Like, let's be good doctors first. The thing that I hear is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your specialty is. It doesn't matter where in the country you are. It doesn't matter what kind of practice you have. All the physicians I'm talking to are struggling in one way or the other. <sighs> Well, and, and to some extent, or, or to a great extent, or, or, or entirely, that, that's what this podcast is all about, right? So, Wendy, you and I have been buddies for a little while now. You presented to me as a gift uh, with a shoulder problem, but it certainly blossomed. <laughs> by accident, by accident, mine? We met by accident, is that what you mean? But, well, by some kind of, you know, some sort of heavenly uh, influence, who knows? But, but we both share this same frustration. And out of that grew uh, this fairly acute need for me, and I know for you, to start to talk about this a little bit. Because the fact of the matter is, is that when you suffer in silence, you don't move the needle towards a solution. And we need to talk about these things. We need to kind of rip the Band-Aid off what is ailing our health system. And Honestly, we need to marshal the troops. You know, we this isn't going to change by a bunch of physicians complaining to their employer. Promise right. you. Right. This is going to change when a broad kind of group of people, patients, physicians, anybody else who's peripherally involved in healthcare recognizing that this is a problem that threatens all of us. I mean, I'm scared to death. I am 60 <laughs> years old and I am going to be collecting, I'm going to be starting Medicare in five years. And I am wondering what kind of system I'm going to be going to, to take care of me as I get older. And it frightens me to no end what that's going to look like. 100%. I mean, even, even before then, you think that a private insurer is going to make a difference, but mm, not always. <laughs> well, not when there's three of them in the country or four of them, you know? So, yeah. you know, we talk, we've talked about like the structural aspects of consolidation, you know, federal mandates for electronic medical records, um, you know, requirements to realize our recommendations for our patients in 
prior authorizations for, I mean, I ordered 30 MRIs today in clinic and my staff had to pre-authorize probably 20 of them. Medicare is the only exemption at this point, but that, guess what? That too is changing next year. And it's changing for the military too. That used to be an exemption, not anymore necessarily. So what we're saying is Medicare is no longer going to be good insurance. Uh, Imagine that, Um, (laughs) you know, and, you know, and what she's, and what that kind of little blurb showed us is that corporatization in medicine, the dominant consolidation of health systems regionally, which while they kind of secure certain financial kind of gains for the institutions that regionalize and grow and monopolize care, it's more expensive. It limits options, you know, not only for patients, but for uh, providers, you're trapped. And, you know, we know, we all know that, you know, I always, you know, this, this is kind of the, the medicine analogy of telling a coal miner in West Virginia, you know, learn how to use a computer, learn how to program. Yeah. Like we are bound by certain constraints that are, that are immovable family, geography, whatever we, you know, it's not like you can just pick up your family and say, I'm going to go to a better place. Cause the question is number one is, is there a better place or are you just kind of moving somewhere else? And does that work for you as a physician who's trying to not only do what's best for your patient and live a productive life, but to be happy and to bring more home at the end of the day, so you can, you know, have a meaningful family life and enjoy your life and your family and all that fun stuff. And so, you know, these are huge structural issues uh, that we're going to explore. I mean, we are going to dig in deep and we are going to look at the ugly underbelly of this and try to not only rant, I don't think, you know, you no. and I don't want that. We will rant, no. by the way. We will rant. <laughs> and I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Talk about my day and my week. Yeah. But we really want to kind of be factual and informational and really be hopeful in the sense that provide a kind of a mechanism and a way to get through this and try to be better. Yeah, the point is the point of this isn't just to have a bitch session. It's it's because we need People are mad. They're they're not only mad, but they are they're starting to feel really demoralized and not know which way to turn. And so the whole point of this is to say, all right, it's not just you, number one. Number two, this is happening across the board. So let's all come together and start talking about what the solutions are that we can that we can speak with as one voice. By the way, not just not just physicians but patients as well and other clinicians and practitioners. Well, and it can't be just physicians. No. Because... There's not enough I mean, of us. There's not enough of us. We aren't a fairly compelling group when we're complaining about things, primarily because we are privileged in a sense. You know, we are educated and we, you know, compared to most of the people we take care of, we make a better living than they do. We are not a very compassionate group. If we're just bitching about things, the idea is to explain the issues. Uh, You know, this is the kind of the moral injury side of this. You know, we really the foundation for me for this was when you and I started talking about your book and moral injury. And it it was really kind of an aha moment for me. This isn't burnout. Right. Physicians know how to work. We got our butts whipped in residencies. (laughs) 
We were up for days on end. Yeah. We know how to work. Taking yeah. a call, taking call and get calling, get, getting called into the hospital at 3 a.m., not something we enjoy doing, but we're used to doing it. It's part of our DNA. It's what makes us who we are. So it's not a matter of like, you know, I want a little more free time or a little more vacation time. We all know what we got into. Moral injury is more than that. Moral injury is that the promises that were made for what you are going to, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Wendy, I'm, sta- I'm stealing your whole thunder here. I'm so sorry, but it's really the- Go ahead, keep going. I love hearing the orthopedic nah, but- surgeon explaining this because that means like we've gotten somewhere. I mean, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I guess. But I mean, but it's it's really that that the promises that were made to us, and they're not explicit, they're implicit in what we're, yeah. we do. So nobody kind of sat me down at graduation right before I gave the, you know, <laughs> recited the Hippocratic Oath. They were going to be like, okay, here's what we promised to do for you. Right. But it's really that you will be a professional, you will be able to make decisions that you believe are in the best interest of your patient. And implicit with that is there will be no external um, influences that are going to compromise that, that that needs to be the focus. And, you know, it's so easy to lose sight of that. It's so easy to look at balance sheets, to look at profit and loss statements, to look at everything that people who are more interested in the business side, and I'm not saying there's not supposed to be a business side in this because. Right. I mean, we need to, there needs to be a balance though. So. Of course. You know, there, we, we, we stopped when medicine got too complex to both be a physician and run the practice at the same time, because insurance got super complex, we said, great, let's have, let's have people come in who are business experts who can help us run the practice. But now, rather than, rather than consistently focusing on what the clinical, what the clinical goals are here, we're also, we're being asked to focus on what some of the what some of the business goals are to have skin in that game. Well, we've got plenty of skin in the game. We've got plenty of skin in the clinical game, but we need somebody to help facilitate that patient-physician relationship. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? But- we're in the we're in the middle of a freaking Armageddon, and we're supposed to be polite. I mean, goodness right? gracious, what is that? <laughs> I think the fact that we can no longer use gallows humor. Directed at the system, mind you, or vulgarity that we can't raise our voices sometimes, it's all bullshit. Are you still recording this, by the way? Fuck. <laughs> well, and it's because the people who are making business decisions, their priority is not the patient experience and right. the patient care. I can remember for for years I sat, I was the the operations manager in my practice. So I was this vice president of operations. And my job was to sit between the clinicians and the business people in our practice. And I viewed my job as a chance to say, uh, hey, um, we're going to do this EMR thing. How does that affect the clinician and the patient because they right. they get very much into their own little thing and they they lose sight of it and you know that should be like you know how when you you know you walk out of the locker room in a football stadium and there's some like slogan up above the slogan above in right. every boardroom of every health system or every insurance company or 
anybody, a PMR, uh, you know, a, 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 what is it? EMR. F- yeah, EMR company, anything should be patient first. Think right. about the patient in everything you do. Yeah, so, but here's the thing, and here, here's what I, what I find a lot of the time. It's not that these are bad people. It's simply that we spent a decade of tra- education and training getting inculcated into this way of thinking, right? So it, it, became, it became part of how we think, not just what we think. And so when it's, it's sort of like trying to explain the inexplicable because, because the business side of healthcare hasn't experienced this kind of training and this, this level of your patient, it, it's a visceral thing where your patient always comes first. Well, and, and that's, you know, it's such an important point you're making because I, you know, I think, I, I, you know, my approach to this whole kind of podcast and what we're doing is not to make villains of this, yeah. you know, because yeah. the fact of the matter is, is that these changes have occurred very insidiously and slowly over time. And everybody's got their own stuff going on and everybody's trying, you know, the idea is to make people aware, to kind of open their eyes through discussion, through information uh, and through problem solving to try to say, look, we are in a really bad place in healthcare right now on multiple levels. And we don't get out of this by siloing what we're doing and, and basically saying my responsibility is to my shareholders, my responsibility is to my board, my responsibility is to whatever. The thing is to say, look, we have a broken system. These are the identifiable problems. This is where we've lost sight of what really matters. And, and these are the consequences of failing to really think long-term about the decisions that are made and they're made. I mean, these things don't happen, you know, dramatically. It's not like a nuclear bomb went off and all of a sudden something is different. These are little incremental changes. You allow somebody to be, you know, a a benefits manager for, for pharmaceuticals and they are initially very well intended and very well meaning. And now they're siphoning money off of a system that really doesn't have any of that, you know, and, you know, you have insurance companies that, you know, know that if they refuse to approve MRIs, that 10% of them will never be done. And that saves them over the course right. of a year, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, these are, these are decisions that people make that probably maximize their bottom line or whatever They're- interest they serve. But the fact of the matter is, is that who they really serve is the patients that interact or pay for the benefits that they provide. So- well- yeah, and I, I think the difference, the other difference is that we sit face to face with patients all day, every day, right? And so we see the impact on patients, whereas folks who are working on the business side have to be reminded again and again that this is the patient experience. This is what we should be doing. This is, this is we're not intentional enough, I think, about explaining why these decisions bother us so much. Well, and we've been silent. I mean, we've taken it on the chin for a system that has put us, like, literally, I mean, the thing that chaps my britches more than anything else is when somebody comes to me and says, why can't I get the MRI that I need? 
Right. And they're looking at me asking that question. It's like, look, I ordered the MRI. Like they, we are, so to your point, I, we I, are the flashpoint correct. between patient and all the other aspects of the healthcare system that interfere with our ability to care. And we have been covering yes. for all of that for a very long time. And yes. not to say that we need to be narcs in this world. You know, I always hated a snitch when I was a little kid and I'm not, but the point is, is that if we don't, if we don't make patients aware of what's actually happening in the health system and to bo both of our goal is to enlist them right. to help us solve this problem. And that's where the power lies. I mean, the power lies in people's ability to convince other people to do something over another group of people that are trying to make them do something else. If we don't enlist them to help us, we're screwed. We, we aren't going to get anywhere and it's going to be Armageddon in healthcare. Yeah. But then I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> I'm Maybe somewhere. not. I, I don't know. Nah, Maybe Britain. I'm, I don't know. What? Who's got Germany? Yeah, not Germany? the UK. No, I don't know. Germany's starting to privatize, so maybe not Germany. Uh, Listen, I don't I'll know. pay for it. Here's the problem. I can't even buy an individual health plan anymore. Right? I have to form a company with three or more employees to be able to buy insurance. Right. So I'm, I'm going to start a little company. We're going to start a company, Wendy, just so we can insure our families <laughs> when we are about, when we are in Medicare age and we don't want Medicare. That's right. And then we're going to pay $20,000 a year to employ insure yeah, our be families. Great. Yeah, that'll Fabulous. be Fabulous. Yeah. Cheers, by the way. <laughs> che oh, My, cheers. Cheers. There you go. Mm. <laughs> I, I would, I hate to say this publicly, but I need a drink. Sorry. <laughs> you know, every now and then, if, as long as it's not the only tool in your box, it's okay. Now no, and then. I got meditation and yoga and... There you go. Certain other tools in the and chest. I've, I've got um, I've got horses and bad decisions. So, how are bad decisions your uh, remedy horses. to this? Oh, horses oh. are sometimes bad decisions. I think they're always bad decisions. Aren't like horses like sailboats? The best two days are the day you buy it and the day you sell it, and everything nah. else in between is misery. Nah, no, there are some really good days. Okay, but there are All also right. some really bad days where you end up in the ER and then the OR, and you know that's a whole other story. And that's how we met. <laughs> exactly. In some sense. <laughs> so what are we going to be talking about, Wendy? What, what, what do you see? How do you see this going? So, you know, I, I mean, I think the, the reality is you and I can't fix this. No single person can fix this. We don't have all the answers. So I think what we're going to have to do is pull in the people who do have more of the answers. The, the folks that maybe we don't expect that physicians don't often talk to. People like... Lawyers, sometimes lobbyists, sometimes administrators, you know, people that we often are sort of um, taught, inculcated to think are the folks on the other side. I mean, I, I've talked to the, or the head of the Trial Lawyers Association as an ally. Who would have thought that would be an ally in healthcare for doctors? But some of their goals, the trial lawyers' goals, are very much aligned with physician goals for transparency, for getting patients the answers and making change in systems. We are aligned. So I, I hate to use this analogy, but I will. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, <laughs> which, which I don't... <laughs> It well, just seems to I mean, be, I, uh, you know, 
like, but but your point, and and this is where I completely agree with what you just said, is that sometimes you have to put aside a preconceived notion or a perception of somebody or a group of people for some things that you might find distasteful to say that, look, you know, there, there is a bigger issue here. Uh, we are aligned in these aspects and we need your help or we, at least we need your insight on to what you think the most appropriate approach to this is. I like and, it actually. And what I, I mean, what I, the way that I've approached this, which I learned when I was working for the army was just to be relentlessly curious. Nobody can fault you for being curious. And a lot of times when you look for, when you start looking for commonalities rather than to make your point, you can get to a place that's a common starting point for both of you. You can find common goals for both of you and then start building a bigger coalition around that commonality. And the only way that happens is to sit down and talk. Yeah. To have the discussion, to sit down with people who you know are your allies and people who you don't know that are your allies and hash out kind of what the issues are and then ultimately what the ask is because that's where the solutions come is in the ask. Like, how are we going to move forward? And so, you know, when we, we decided to do this podcast, we, we, I mean, we could rant forever. I mean, and that gets old pretty quickly. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got a list of all the things that just happened this week <laughs> that I could Man. rant about forever. Yep. And, you know, we'll share some of that because that's important as an insight into some of the things that we deal with day to day. And into people uh, knowing that they're not alone. Correct. Yeah. And some of those rants, uh, you know, honestly, will ultimately, like the, the little clip we heard uh, to start this off, some of these will come from our patients and our colleagues who, who feel like they need an outlet or they need a lifeline. And right. we will hopefully provide that to them and, and we'll do it for patients too. So we will certainly elicit comment from any external source that's interested in providing us with their experience. And then we'll have the discussion. We'll dig into the weeds and we'll talk about these issues. And then the hope and the, the real ask is we're going to come to the table with some solutions, some ideas about what's the next step for that. Everybody who listens, who feels disenfranchised or disadvantaged or demoralized if you're on the you know, if you're on the uh, provider side of this that these are things you can do and i think on some level too i feel like it's almost like like when you're in the shit it's nice to know other yeah. people are in the shit with you. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean you know there's yeah. a there's a part to community and i think that you know in society in general and certainly in our world Medicine is an awesome community. There are remarkable people with remarkable stories. And just for us to all know that we all share in this struggle and this, this, the challenges and that, you know, we, even though we might be in different subspecialties and I hated the internal medicine residents when I was an ortho resident, <laughs> we're, we're all colleagues now. We're right. all trying to do what we can do and we can all kind of find common and, ground. And I think the thing that worries me 
is that if we don't if we don't intentionally do it, there are so many competing interests that are driving us into our silos that it's really, really easy to get settled in our silos and then forget that our colleagues are actually our, our, our best allies. Right. Because all you're trying to do is protect and survive yeah. in your turf, right? right. You're just like, all right, I got to do this because it's yeah. good for me and it's going to help me survive. But what you don't realize is that there's this broader community that can assist. Yep. You know, if you've yeah. got a leaky raft, somebody, if you know, grab hold of somebody next to you and maybe the two of you can grab hold of 20 other people and bail away. Easy. Exactly. <laughs> Get that water out of the raft now. <laughs> so I think, you know, so I mean, the take home message and kind of the word out to the listeners or whoever else uh, finds this interesting is that share this journey with us because I mean, this is as much um, a discovery for each of us. I might be an orthopedic surgeon and I might think I know everything, but I'm not arrogant enough to really believe that. And so for me, this is a journey of information. You know, if I'm anything like my stereotype, I'm a dumb ex jock (laughs) who, you know, pounds things with hammers all day long. But this matters a lot to me. I mean, that's just kind of the stereotype of what I do. But, you know, for me, it's about taking good care of people, bringing the best that I can bring to people every day. And right now we're not there and we're hanging on, you know, I do my best, but I think that, you know, my idea and your idea, I know that is to just kind of talk through these issues and try to figure out. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing not only clinicians, but patients, across the country who are super frustrated. And I think we can offer a slightly different take on this that I hope is going to push them in a different direction towards action. As Don Berwick, who founded the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, always says, if you're feeling helpless, act. Or lash out, but act is probably a lot more appropriate. That's what orthopedic (laughs) surgeons do. We lash out. We're like the insolent child who just runs right, around well, I'm not screaming do that no i won't do that i promise that's not my speed anyway but that's right i mean act out get involved don't be a passive observer and don't be kind of somebody who's trapped and gonna get into trouble or not yeah. do well so all right well let the journey begin here we go You've been listening to the 43CC Podcast. Our producer is Jill Ruby. Have something to say or have a comment or want to get in touch with us, you can get to us at hello at 43podcast.com. What? You were reading. You can't read. Don't read. Just, yeah, just say it. Well, Jesus Christ. I thought, I thought you were reading yours, Wendy. What the hell? I mean, I wasn't reading. I was reading the freaking address. I didn't... <laughs> All right, what the fuck do you want me to say here? (laughs) Just tell me. How do I get in touch with you? All right, if you're pissed off and you want to have something to say or you have any questions for us, you can contact us at hello at 43ccpodcast.com. Fuck (laughs) y'all. Gotta be shitting me. I'm reading. That was awesome.